0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back
1: (laughs) to another episode.
0: (laughs) of High Key Book Club.
1: Yeah, with Zeleny.
0: And Cameron. I'm Zeleni. I'm Cameron. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Yes. So today, we have another episode for you today.
1: Yeah, we do. And there's another change. Remember last, well, if you didn't hear last episode, we're making some changes in 2018 to help improve the podcast.
0: We've been rolling out some improvements.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the other one, what I, I want to incorporate is... <laughs> I want to incorporate a review section at the beginning of the podcast and then warn everyone when the spoilers are going to start and then have the in-depth spoilery stuff we typically do.
0: Yep, yeah, so we're going to do our best to switch up the...
1: Well, but I want to roll this in really mainly for newer the newer movies we see anything Mm -hmm. in theaters that we see just because that way people can see if they're interested and then go see it but i feel like for old ones like our our topic today is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is a 2004 movie and i think the review can be very quick for that because it's been out there for a long time Mm -hmm. and all i'll say for the review is that you should really see it it's my favorite movie, and this is something I mentioned on Twitter about how me and Cameron dis- disagree. Or, no, Cameron calls me out for this being my favorite movie because. Oh, do I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. And, and, okay, to be fair, on Twitter at Heike Book Club, if you follow us, the tweet was exaggerated. Cameron never said this is cliche for pseudo-hipsters. The, the real thing that happened was I, he asked me what my favorite movie was and I said Eternal Sunshine and he was like, ugh, typical. <laughs> that's how it went down. And I was so offended and he said that that's just like what everyone says is their favorite movie. But my argument is that it's, it's so good that's it's so many people's favorite movie. Like I think it's worthy of being a favorite.
0: I agree. Sure. Do you, I mean it would, how, it? would be one of my favorites. I mean it's it is one of my favorites. I'll take that back. But <laughs> I mean maybe it would be my favorite if it didn't already have such a cult big but big cult following.
1: Why why doesn't matter caps. what other people think?
0: I mean it doesn't. It I mean that's cool that it's got such a great following. Good good for Eternal Sunshine. You
1: just don't want to be a bandwagoner.
0: I mean no that's not me cared. that's never me
1: I've never cared about liking what I like regardless of how many people love it mm. Like I, I remember running into this with One Direction and everyone loved One Direction but I was like I don't care I love them too sorry
0: You're right no I mean it's a problem that I've had with I feel
1: like a lot of people struggle with that a long time. They don't want to be like Yeah the same as everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I was with Apple for the longest time. It's how I just was with smartphones for a long time. I didn't even want to use smartphones. I didn't want to use email for the longest time. Oh my time. god,
1: that's like everything in your life then. You Pretty should, much. You should work on
0: this, maybe. I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Well... Who knows? Maybe this time next year, Eternal Sunshine will be my favorite movie.
1: Did you change your opinion about it now we're we watching it? Because while we were re-watching, I wasn't aware, but... Cameron hadn't seen it in a long time. So you were like a little more shocked by some things.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it had been long enough for you to forget about parts. And are you, now that you rewatched it, do you judge the people that it's their favorite movie less now? Or uh, same?
0: Well, let me be clear. I never judged
1: them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You judged me.
0: <laughs> let that be on the record. I did that one. This is blasphemy, It was
1: blasphemy, judging. Y'all.
0: It was shade. It
1: was sh- shade. Uh. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, you can have your favorite movie. That's great. Everybody should. I just think that there's something suspicious about a large percentage of the population <laughs> skewing towards one particular film.
1: It's but that good. But that's here
0: nor there. It's
1: that good. This is an exception. Maybe, I see what you're saying, but well, an let's exception. talk
0: about the title of the movie. Okay. Do you think the title of the movie just draws you in? Is it something no. that
1: no? I I definitely didn't want to see it. Mm. When I first saw it
0: because I think it's it's untypical it 's not a typical title it mm-hmm. it's longer than what you would expect yeah, exactly the average movie to have
1: that 's why I would think it's like too maybe like boring i don't know by the long name it doesn't it didn't draw me in initially at all, but it's a very pretty name mm-hmm. once you like watch it and stuff and love it and all that.
0: Do you have any notes about the the title though about where well, it's from
1: well it's a by Pope Alexander,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: And that's a joke from the movie because she she she's like she makes it up that his name is Pope Alexander, but it's Alexander yeah. Pope, and the doctor and the doctor corrects her, and she's like, "Oh, you're so smart," because she likes she's in love with him.
0: From when? Uh, oh what? shit!
1: No spoilers yet. Yeah. What oh. the heck? Cut that out. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, the review. We're going to go into the review really quick because we're starting to hit some spoilers here. (laughs) Technical difficulties. But, okay, so our review of the movie, you should definitely see it. It's a very universal concept. It's so trippy, but, like, followable, if that makes sense. Like, it's trippy, but it's not, like, abstract. Like, it's clear. You agree? I agree. I think everyone should see this movie. It's romantic but sad, which I don't know if you want to go into how the struggle it was to get me to actually watch this movie, <laughs> which is kind of counterintuitive. I
0: mean, that's when I was rehearsing this podcast before coming, <laughs> I was I was imagining, <laughs> I was saying, we're finally here with this episode
1: <laughs> well, you didn't say. about is Eternal
0: Sunshine, mm-hmm. um, because it has been a day that I have looked forward to for a very long time. Um it seemed like it seemed like Zeleny and I would never get around to it. So I'm glad we finally got to watch it and now we're here. Well, but you didn't
1: explain it. like I Cameron oh, was trying to get me to see this movie for a while. I now. I
0: had been trying to ask Zeleny to rewatch this since before Christmas <laughs> and it is now January 20th and <laughs> uh we yeah. Uh, finally just watched it, uh, earlier this week. Yeah. But
1: yeah, so...
0: She was afraid that... She was afraid of watching it. She was scared.
1: I wasn't scared. I was... She didn't well, want
0: to be... She didn't want to be sad.
1: Yeah, I just have this thing... I, I don't like being sad and no... So what I, part I, of
0: the movie makes you sad?
1: Just that, like, they don't work and it's... They actually
0: The pain that they wait, cause each other?
1: Wait, wait, no spoilers. Okay, let's do the spoiler here now.
0: Okay, so imagine no, that no, you're no, no, trying no. to get inside of a parking garage, and a no, lever no, no. just came down, and wait, you, you can't go inside unless you've seen it. Oh, This is the spoiler <laughs> lever.
1: Okay, that was a very detailed metaphor for this, but okay, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Don't come into the parking garage with us any further, because that's where the book So what So he,
1: what he's trying to say is from this point forward there's gonna be spoilers
0: spoiler alert
1: spoiler alert woo, woo, woo. our review is to go see it everyone everyone can relate and yeah so now we're gonna have spoilers from here on out okay what are you we saying
0: <laughs> i'm worried though but like a oh big... that
1: i didn't want to be sad and yeah. you asked me what makes me sad and just that they like ugh, they're so different oh and and that they go through with the erasing thing. I think the whole concept of like erasing a thing or a person from your memory is like so depressing.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean,
1: and after the holidays, I get sad. So I didn't want to be more sad.
0: Hmm. So do you think that the film ends on a sad note?
1: Yeah, for sure. And actually, Charlie Kaufman wanted to make it even sadder. What? Yeah. I actually know this without, this is not my points, but Charlie Kaufman. So, you know, at the end, do you, do you get that? It's like, you know how they're running down the beach and they're running, running and together and then they come back like it replays. Uh huh and it replays, right. and it replays. So Charlie Kaufman was... He wanted to make it more obvious that it was... it w- They were going through this process over and over again. So, like, they were getting their memories erased again, and then going, meeting again, and erased again. And so, in the movie, in the final cut, it's not super clear. Like, it's open to interpretation. But Charlie Kaufman wanted to make it not open for interpretation, and that that's actually what happens. Hmm. So it is... Not a happy ending, necessarily. I mean, they're just going through the cycle over and over. But I think it's a metaphor for life. But we'll get into
0: that later. Right? Hold the metaphor for now.
1: Okay. (laughs) But, okay, let's... So we have kind of a mess of notes because we actually took notes during the movie for the first time. Because, you know, then you forget things. And we had the notebook... Very close
0: by. <laughs> yeah, we have these really cool special notebooks that have our design high-key book club on them. They're really awesome. And if you want to pick up your own, you can visit our merchandise store Cameron. at book Club. No. Dot
1: no, 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 no. Net. No, we don't have, we don't have merch. We don't have a website. We don't have anything. Don't. That's fake news. Sorry. Just, just, false advertisement. Just follow us on Twitter at book Club if there ever is merch. We'll put it there, but
0: Ooh, mm-hmm.
1: Cameron is being weird.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just practicing.
1: Okay, for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I, try, I okay. like to look
0: at my five-year plan here.
1: Okay, so the first bullet we have here is that it's the it's beach blizzard in the movie. The beach blizzard, it is a recurring place. So thinking
0: about how the beach is this typical place for sunshine, for fun, mm-hmm. for happy... Uh, times with people and in this movie it being covered in snow it being (laughs) depicted primarily in winter i mean the whole film takes place during the winter time Mm -hmm. it seems every february the the film the
1: it's like right now it's around this time wow it's true
0: (laughs) the beach blizzard uh oh yeah so that i mean this is an important part of the the film um just in summary the it does take place about valentine's day of um, the year in 2004. Uh, that's what it says. Uh, but it, the years just kind of repeat and blur eventually, and you kind of lose mm-hmm. track of which ones are what year or anything. But it takes place in the wintertime, and we have all of these shots of... Like, every time we see the beach, it's always overcast mm-hmm. and really gray. And there's... It's, it's the mm-hmm. It's usually covered in snow. So we like to call it the beach blizzard and yeah. think about how it symbolizes this just complete coldness
1: well not just that though i think it symbolizes the contrast between the two protagonists how they're like so different and Mm -hmm. so counterintuitive together
0: because how one's kind of bubbly yeah and the other one is mysterious
1: yeah and like broody Hmm. yeah and it's just weird it's just an interesting thing we noticed that Well, both it's, like, winter, it's cold, it's, like, sad, (laughs) but also a beach and a blizzard don't seem to go along together at all.
0: And so the blizzard would be Joel. I guess. Played by Jim Carrey. Yeah. And?
1: The beach is Kate Winslet playing, or the character is Clementine Krosnyak or something like that. That's her last, that's the character's last name. It's weird. I don't know why. She's a communist. Oh my god. just kidding it's a twist
0: (laughs) played by kate winslet yeah who is
1: my favorite actress and jim carrey is your favorite actor
0: my favorite actor
1: can we talk about how these characters are us but opposite gender (laughs) (laughs) sure so in case you haven't guessed i'm jim carrey here
0: and i'm kate winslet wow (laughs) she keeps talking about how she wants to drag me up Who, me? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I should drag you up as uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah. I've just been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. So that's
0: who will be next Halloween.
1: (gasps) Maybe. That's (laughs) an interesting interesting plot. (laughs) If you want to see us (laughs) next (laughs) Halloween as Joel and Clementine from Eternal Sunshine, please tweet us at (laughs) (laughs) HeikeyBuckler. But, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I just... Cameron is such a great performer, he would make an amazing drag queen, and I want to drag him up, even though I don't know But you'll never know,
0: because you can't see me.
1: Yeah, he might be Kate Winslet right now. (laughs) Yeah, so I got, I I have like this DVD of it, so the the good thing about DVDs is there are special features. That's right,
0: and so when you're thinking about your streaming services these days, (laughs) just ask yourself... Do you get those bonus features? (laughs) Do
1: you remember the special features? That's the one thing I think streaming is missing on a real note, real talk. So
0: tweet us. No. Let us know what you think.
1: So in the special features, there's a lot of talking to Jim Carrey, uh, Kate Winslet, and Michel Gondry, the director. He's a guy. His name's, it's like Michael, but French. He's very French. He has a really thick accent. Michel. Well, they just call him Michel, but... He's a man. Because at first I was like, this is a female director? That seems not likely. <laughs> and it wasn't. It's a French guy. Yeah, so a lot of the special features had talks with Jim Carrey, Michelle Gondry, and Kate Winslet about the movie. And what Carrey and Winslet were saying a lot is how they were surprised Well, by their casting and how basically Kate Winslet is playing the typical Jim Carrey role, like the crazy person. And Jim Carrey is... Playing the typical Kate Winslet role, which is more, like, demure and quiet and, you know, hmm. mysterious. Not, like, and serious.
0: I didn't know that about Kate Winslet as yeah. an actor before Yeah, she,
1: she said in particular, because I think Jim Carrey was cast really early, but she said she was really surprised by being cast. Because it was, like, the most different thing she'd ever done. And she was always in, like old British, like, classical pieces or, like, period pieces. So, like, because she's a very Mm -hmm. Renaissance look. So, like, Mm -hmm. she was just really shocked by being cast. But she did an amazing job. She she did great, I think. I agree. You have here a bullet about Kate, speaking of Kate Winslet, her hair color as a time tracker, it says. Yeah.
0: Well, it's kind of hard to track the time in this movie. And I thought that the hair color is possibly one way of being able to follow what point in time you are depending on what they're showing
1: it's so helpful
0: um yeah because you're going back like he's progressively so so the whole process of the movie is basically you know going back from where they started with the memory removal at that day from like going backward every day in the relationship Mm -hmm. but we're always cutting back to these different hair colors so we're not sure exactly which relationship it's referring to that's already been deleted in the past right
1: but it's going in order this is the thing the unique thing and the trippy thing i guess about this movie is it's going backwards in time in case you didn't notice but (laughs) but like it's funny i don't think even you realized it when you're watching it this time but the the memories going backwards start before you realize as a viewer like the scenes with david cross They're, like, the couple friend that Mm -hmm. sort of introduced them to Clementine, or or it was their party that they met at. Mm -hmm. But, like, that memory, at first you don't realize you're going backwards. And, like, the thing where, like, the neighbor comes up, like, we're already in his head in those scenes, but you don't find out until... I feel like the moment I find out is the point where it's, like, he, he, he he whispers over it and is like, this is the last day I saw you. You remember when he whispers? hmm When he starts, like, noticing he's in his head. I guess we notice with him, along with him, because he takes a while to realize he's in his head and then try to, like, hijack mm-hmm. the operation from inside. It's very trippy. Ugh, it's trippy.
0: That's a crazy concept to think about trying to relocate your memory so that it's hidden or something.
1: Yeah, kind yeah. Of,
0: it's kind of like an Inception-level
1: Oh, yeah. Thinking. But way better and cutely mm-hmm.
0: represented.
1: Yeah, Inception, ugh, don't get me started. Uh-huh. Don't even get me started.
0: Well, so while Zeleni <laughs> gets her thoughts together, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let you know who the characters are in Eternal Sunshine. So we have Joel Barish, played by Jim Carrey. Um, we've got Clementine Khrushinsky. I told
1: you.
0: Played by Kate Winslet. We have uh, Mary played by Kirsten Dunst, Stan by Mark Ruffalo, Patrick by Elijah Wood, and Howard by Tom Wilkinson. And then, of course, our supporting characters, Carrie and Rob, played by Jane and David Cross. Jane Adams.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jane David. and David Cross. They're yeah. really married. <laughs>
0: and then there's other characters, Holl- Hollis and Frank. I don't remember them. But.
1: Me neither. It doesn't matter. The people, but this is really an all-star cast. Like, I love so many of these people. I think the person I care least for is Elijah Wood. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, it's just because I don't like Lord of the Rings, so I bet those people like him.
0: I don't know what else Elijah has been in. I haven't seen much of his work. Oh,
1: actually, I liked his voice work in Happy Feet.
0: It says that he's a DJ.
1: (laughs) Oh, everyone's a DJ.
0: (laughs) DJ Wood.
1: (laughs) No, regardless, Elijah Wood is my least favorite. And Cameron was saying how his name sounds immature even. Did I say that? Yeah, you did, like, 20 minutes ago.
0: (laughs) Oh, his, not his, like, real-life name, but his character's name.
1: Yeah, Patrick, I see. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, so that's the thing, you know, I'm taking this comedy class this semester at UT, and we're talking about, we have this humor theory um, conversations, and... Uh, one idea about comedy at least in regards to what's what's the funniest sound that you could say in a word like the funniest speaking language sound and turns out that anything with like a c or K "k," seems to be just a funny sound that um so it it just made sense to me that patrick it it sounds you know we also think of um spongebob
1: oh right actually i think of That was my first boyfriend's name in middle school.
0: You know, isn't that the funniest thing, though? (laughs) When you date somebody that has that name, that name just is, like...
1: Oh, it's fucked up forever. Yeah, Yeah. fucked forever. (laughs) He was an ass. Well, okay. If you can relate, tweet (laughs) (laughs) us. Whatever. Anyway. What was I going to say?
0: You have the bullet points right there in front of you. I know, but there was something
1: related to... Oh, Patrick in the movie—he was a douche though. Mm-hmm. He was awful. He was stealing Jim Carrey's yep. bag of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, of erased stuff.
0: No, he was like stealing people's private property and yeah. well. let talk.
1: I have a whole bullet he was about um, stealing per-
0: that person's identity. Yeah, it's identity theft.
1: Pretty much.
0: There's no pretty much about it. Like it well, was. He wasn't
1: calling himself Joel, but right. He was, but
0: he like plagiarized. What Everything, he, yeah. even
1: just his his words, like yeah. it, that he talked.
0: He stole the girlfriend.
1: Well, yeah, but because of he stole he stole the panties too. I, I mean,
0: he was like, caught, yeah, that <laughs> was sick. <laughs> yeah. And Stan should have known better. Stan. Yeah, remember Stan at the beginning when they were oh
1: Mark Ruffalo when they were
0: starting the operation <laughs> Stan was Mark- like yeah that's really creepy man like yeah and then eventually he's like I guess it's okay.
1: Uh, Stan was just so like pushover or like so he would just go with whoever
0: he was a a party animal that's what he was
1: like what the heck unprofessionalism is a whole bullet here
0: well let's get into it yeah
1: mark ruffalo it was very unprofessional oh like these eraser guys so it's a it's funny how it's like 2000s version of this like technology that like now is depicted with a lot of beautiful aesthetics right i
0: agree
1: but back then it's just like these unprofessional people come to your house and drink your wine or
0: and it was it's so funny that like yeah these people you hire to come into your house and erase your memory Mm -hmm. they end up trashing your place and drinking your wine your liquor and later in the movie he like tries to share some liquor with clementine when she comes over to listen to the tapes and he's like sorry i thought i had more
1: yeah that's just so unprofessional but yeah compared to like a black mirror type of depiction of technology like this it's, like, very much fancy now in Black Mirror and stuff. Back then, it was so, like, 2000s and, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: messy still. Even though it was very elevated technology.
0: I mean, it looks like they are just pulling the stuff out of a garage somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny that it's not so bougie. High tech. Yeah, or high-tech. It's just, even though it's, like, very impossible tech. technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, you have here sound design as scene transition. No. okay oh, wow. <laughs> I mean <laughs>
0: well, um, just you know I, I kind of remember just pay attention when they're because th- the scene transitions are so quick going from present time to past time to this setting to that setting, and especially when he's trying to chase uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or he's trying to run away from mm-hmm. the from the memory deleters. And Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of setting transitions. And I was just noticing how music really serves as... And and sound effects really sound as... They serve as these good scene transitions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was this part in the special features about the guy that did the score. His name Mm -hmm. was Josh Bryan, I think. And... He, it was like a whole orchestra, and for certain scenes, the direction was just like every time I put my hand up, you just pick a note and play it. Like, so the orchestra, it was completely random. And then apparently, like, the second time he raised his hand, you play, you choose a different note. It must be different than the first one. It, that's just how a lot of like the uneasy kind of parts were. That, that's how the music was. Made.
0: That's cool. That's yeah. a cool game.
1: Yeah, it, it looked. It looks really cool. We'll watch it. Did you... I mean, well, what I think is really clever and cool too about this movie, and this is like in my research, it showed that this is like a specialty of this director and like how the scene would change and it would be trippy to depict how it was like memory. You know, like when he's he's in Barnes and & Noble and he walks through the door frame and he's in his friend's house.
0: Mm, all right.
1: And like when he's trying to turn Patrick around and he can't see his face. All those, like, trippy moments... Or when he's walking, he's walking up the street, and then mm-hmm. turns around, and walks, and it's the same side.
0: Or when he's walking through the doctor's room and yeah. the spotlights on him, and he looks down, and like the faces are all yeah disconfigured.
1: All of that is just just so clever to uh, a clever representation of how like dreams are and mm-hmm. memories work because your memory modifies a lot of things. Or like if you didn't see someone's face, your memory can't conjure it out of nowhere.
0: It's a good point. Yeah,
1: so it's like i have here that it do i have here i don't think i have here
0: (laughs) well it sounds kind of like you're trying to say
1: no that it's just so clever like even in the backgrounds when they're like walking down the street the signs are like blank a lot of them because it's like your your memory is not going to include the sign names. right those details and like every time they're in the bookstore all the books are facing like backwards Mm -hmm. so like the pages are facing out so you don't see any spines or anything and that just shows like
0: the detail,
1: yeah, that your memory can't remember that detail. That's not part of the memory, so it's just super clever. And this Michelle Gondry director, all of the effects almost were practical. Like they were camera related, not special effects. Wow. That was a big part of the special features. Like wow. how all like when he's walking to the bathroom following her, and then he he gets to the bathroom and she's gone, uh-huh. and then he walks back and she's in the kitchen. Like that's all through like secret doors,
0: Whoa. yeah,
1: and stuff and choreography,
0: yeah. I did not know that. I know
1: that was in the special features.
0: Cool,
1: <laughs> and also, oh, like the kitchen. You know the kitchen scene where he's a child, and and I was always confused about this, but the how he how he fits under the table. Mm-hmm. Like I just assumed it was a big table, but it's not. It's not just a big table. It's like. The camera is at a low angle, and the table is, like, really long, oh. like, facing out from the camera, so you can't tell it's long. You're facing the other side. Uh-huh. And it's also tilted towards the camera. I was wondering. Yeah. And that's how they made him... So, when you're far, far back, it looks like it's above you.
0: Uh-huh. And when
1: you're forward, it's, like, normal height.
0: Uh-huh. It's
1: so trippy. You need... I need to show you that clip. So, that's how they were able a...
0: to, like, get... The same perspective of her walking right. around it while he's under yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. It
1: is. It was so... It's so trippy. Like, you need to see that. Sorry, I'm really playing It's like these...
0: a magician revealing his tricks.
1: Yeah. Like, it, I just didn't know it was all practical. Yeah. Like, it's all just camera tricks. And mm. this Michelle guy seemed to be very adamant about... Doing it that way. Doing it that way, yeah. I mean, that's important. Without and that's movies. why...
0: Um, I mean, that's why Star Wars has, I think, so many fans, because the original trilogy had so many practical effects in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's
0: why I was kind of disenchanted at first with this new one. Well, Yeah, definitely. I think that's
1: a big complaint people have for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, just what I've heard.
0: Anyway, that's a different podcast.
1: <laughs> Is it? <laughs> oh, and the other thing, it was like choreographed, but also the, the actress never had marks, according to Kate Winslet. Which marks are like tapes on the floor that tell you where you're supposed to yeah. move throughout a scene. If you're not familiar. I mean, you, you're probably familiar with those a lot.
0: We I mean, kind of, sort of. Like, I only used... So, I only acted in theater. But those tape on the f- floor would be more for where to put furniture rather than for oh, actor's marks.
1: Got it. But in theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... They didn't have marks.
0: But it and, makes sense for movies because it's a precise thing. You know, right.
1: The, so apparently yeah. every take was different
0: and spontaneous.
1: Mm. And that's also the thing the director really wanted. That's like
0: cool. Because they right. seem really organic in the movie.
1: Exactly. Like they
0: don't seem too distracted by any of the like fact that they're filming.
1: Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah, so I thought that was a really cool thing. I mean this director's clearly clearly brilliant. And everyone in the special features like all the production designers producers everyone was saying in their separate interviews like my my Michelle Gondry is a genius he's a genius he's a genius and then it would cut to Michelle Gondry giving his interview and he's like I just pretend to know what I'm doing and I in a french accent though <laughs> and and he's just like and I just, I have no confidence in anything, and I have no expectations. (laughs) He's just all going on and on, and everyone else is like, oh, he's a genius, he's a genius. So, maybe that's the key. (laughs) Just pretending.
0: Gotta fake it till you make it, in some regards.
1: Yeah, well, he made it. Yeah. He really did. Speaking of spontaneous, the elephant scene was completely spontaneous.
0: With the parade?
1: Yeah, that was real life. Mm. They were filming in... New York, around that area. And it was midnight, you know, in movies. A lot of the times when it's in a big city, like, is there anything, you know this, I'm just telling them, I guess. I think this is true. They always film at, like, really weird times, like midnight or 3 a.m. or whatever, because or like at dawn, even though the movie takes place at normal times. It's just to avoid, like, the crowds and stuff.
0: I mean, I don't know too much about that, so I don't actually know. I feel
1: like that's true. They didn't
0: do any filming in Houston, so...
1: What? Oh, (laughs) so you you didn't
0: get... Yeah, because you were like, you're from a big city, you should know it.
1: No, not big city. I'm just saying, like, you probably know this just by acting. (laughs) You probably know this because you're an actor. No. Okay. Well, movies get filmed at really weird times. So, they were in New York at midnight filming, and... The circus was coming into town, and the only way to bring the elephants in for the circus was through this, like, this street and, like, walking them down the street because they don't fit in tunnels or whatever. So Or cars. Or anything, yeah. So it was like a parade of elephants, just randomly. And so apparently Michelle Gondry was like, okay, we're setting up a scene here. Everyone get in the vans, and we're going to go
0: film Whoa. and so spontaneous uh, yeah
1: so that was not intended at all and so all the f- the those shots and stuff are of them like at the parade they're real and apparently there was one moment where jim carrey loses kate like in real life and they used the shot because you know she he's losing her in his memory like she keeps disappearing mm. in the memories so it like worked when jim carrey was looking around for kate it worked for Joel too because he's looking around for Clement. <laughs> is that crazy. That's nuts. Yeah.
0: Well that um You had that,
1: a, you had a point about it.
0: Yeah, I mean that scene stood out to me because <laughs> it, it, it it really is unlike any of the other shots in the movie mm-hmm. and that's also where we hear the line the title of the movie in the movie.
1: Oh Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: That's why it's always stood out to me. It's because That's when we finally hear them say eternal sunshine, spotless mind.
1: And that's in Kristen Dunst's voice in the real world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy how like the most unintentional things end up being the most like magical. Yeah. I feel like in creative projects. I mean, I guess that's where creativity really thrives.
0: Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it's a really great signature Mm -hmm. director signature
1: yeah did you know okay i have a question i only noticed this after the special features they explained this whole sequence but it's the sequence where she runs runs out after he like calls her slut or whatever she like leaves for good and that's when she's like walking and then like a car falls out of the sky Mm -hmm. and then he's like and he's like i'm happy like out of out of the the car, he's driving the car following her walking, and that's where the street switching around happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the moment where she, the car falls, and she's walking, like, angrily, she's missing a leg.
0: Missing a leg? Yeah,
1: like, and it's it's part of it. It was, like, special effects, but, like...
0: So the CGI messed up?
1: No, no, no. It's, it's because in that moment, he says, look at it. It's all falling apart. And they wanted to convey it also in the memory. And so she's
0: missing a leg when walking?
1: Yeah. And that like, When the car falls, too. It's just showing how the memory is, like, falling apart. Oh. Huh. Like, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Did you all notice that? Because I didn't. And I've watched it a few times. She's missing a leg. Go rewatch. It's And it's so funny once you know. Like, it's weird. She's just walking with one leg. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I don't
0: know.
1: That was... I, I wonder shy. if they
0: did it because they, like, purposely distracted us with the car so that we wouldn't notice.
1: Well, so apparently everyone, like, when they made this leg part, they they thought it was supposed to be funny.
0: Uh-huh. Like, a
1: comedic moment. But they kept testing it with audiences, and no one noticed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and
0: I didn't laugh.
1: Right. No, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. Go rewatch and see how it's weird, how it, He's only on one leg. And,
0: and comment below. No. no <laughs> oh.
1: There's no comments. You you said spotlight follow represents power? question mark.
0: That's an aesthetic part of the film. And... Part of me was wondering if that spotlight, because we would see the spotlight following them mm-hmm. whenever the memory trackers are trying to hunt them down to get that memory mm-hmm. to delete it. And so it kept making me feel like the spotlight blaring right on them in the darkness because it creates this natural vignette around the frame that mm-hmm. we see in the film. And I was just thinking that that bright light represents the power of these people that have the ability to manipulate yeah, memory
1: i actually hadn't noticed that but that's very true it's like how they're hunting and on the computer mm-hmm. for them it makes sense as a spotlight yeah symbol for that i have a lot of tidbits we didn't get to on in my research okay the bed remember the bed on the beach mm-hmm. it was actually attached to like a go-kart uh-huh so like you could drive the bed around Oh that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and there is this like video the reason they were mentioning it there's like a video where Jim Carrey in his pajama costume from the the kid scene. He's driving it and he drives it up to a gas station and he like starts like driving around and around and around and just being super weird.
0: With this mattress on the back of the go yeah, car. Yeah, it's
1: like with sheets and everything and <laughs> pillows. Like it was just so weird. Oh. He just took it around <laughs> on the road. But I'm not sure why it needed wheels. Maybe it moves to transition or something.
0: Well, one thing I was thinking was that they... I mean, it looked like authentic cold, like true winter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if so, it's a lot to ask of these actors to mm-hmm. be out there for long periods of time when having to do reshot after reshot after reshot. Mm-hmm. And so it might be for efficiency's sake to get it out of there so that they can go oh, on to the next shot
1: I see. quicker. Yeah, that's fair. Could I be. mean yeah, this Michelle Gondry asked a lot of them. Apparently him and Jim Carrey had a fight, but they were the ones talking about it, so they were clearly cool with it. They just they were laughing about it but I don't know if they should. They <laughs> apparently Kate Winslet fainted in the in the tub when they were fil- filming the sink scene. Oh. That was like a tub. And she fainted and she they took her away. And immediately Michelle Gondry to Jim Carrey's like, We're gonna keep shooting and try to make him just keep going. And Jim Carrey got so mad. And right. he was, like, trying to protect Kate Winslet. I don't know. It was funny. And they were laughing about it. But it's like, damn, she fainted.
0: Yeah, safety first here. <laughs> yeah. This isn't France.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know how the rules are, but... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know either.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. But safety
0: I... first, y'all. No, no matter what industry you're in, this is a PSA <laughs> for...
1: Yeah, I guess it's always good.
0: But we I've mentioned in another episode how s- safety in the workplace or, like, poor working conditions can lead to tragedies outside of the set. But that's a different, oh, yeah, I guess, you, set of you've, scenario. Oh, yeah, you've
1: talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I remember.
0: That more has to do with long work hours.
1: Right, I guess. But this counts, too. She fainted. Yeah, I agree. That's fucked up. So, he, he was very demanding, but his effects were amazing. Oh, okay. I'm gonna get to that, but I, I just want to quickly say, just the budget was 20 million, so it was indie-ish. We saw Lady Bird was 10 million, so like, mm-hmm. but this had a lot of more effects, like weird things.
0: And Jim Carrey and Kate. And Winslet. Jim
1: Carrey and Kate Winslet and Mark Ruffalo and Kristen Dunst and. Elijah Wood. <laughs> anyway, and at so the probably
0: bottom, probably like more than more than a half of the budget went to paying the stars
1: (laughs) well it paid off because they made 72.3 million in the box office so very good good turnout and it's a very critically acclaimed it won the oscar for original screenplay and kate winslet got a nomination for best actress
0: but why tell me why did Jim Carrey not get a nomination for Best Actor?
1: Because she was amazing. <clears throat> she oh, was crazy. And he wasn't? No, I mean, his his character's not that hard. He's more normal. Like a normal guy. But Kate Winslet was like this crazy girl. Fucked up girl looking for her own peace of mind. Right? I'm the same.
0: I think it would only have been fair, though, to nominate him. Her Even perform- if he didn't win, his nomination would have been a fair nod. Because he has been working his ass off.
1: Her performance was standout. Maybe there was just better ones that Do you
0: year. agree? Do you disagree? Comment below. I
1: love her. I mean, I understand, but my my favorite actor didn't get an Oscar till last year. Or whenever the Bear movie came out.
0: <laughs> Bear.
1: So, you gotta have patience. Okay, something I find deeply disturbing. Deeply disturbing. You're not ready for this. You might have read it on the Wikipedia hmm. but <laughs> apparently they're in the planning stages for a TV series based on this movie. No. Yeah.
0: That cannot be.
1: I know. I know. Th- they can't ruin don't this. Don't pollute. Like
0: a pure No.
1: I really hope it, it didn't go through. Source. <laughs> it said a 2016.
0: Oh. Like what? it So it was dead announced.
1: Now? I don't know. Well, it said uh announcement for a TV series was in, in 2016, and it's still in the planning stages today. This was from the Wikipedia. I hope it
0: never gets funded.
1: Me too, because...
0: They uh, need to red light that immediately.
1: Yeah, and I hope they did. Uh, I, just, I can't. I can't. You
0: have a problem, Hollywood.
1: Yeah. It's called call Greed. It, it's called Minecraft Syndrome. Oh. Wait, no it isn't. That's something else.
0: It's called Greed.
1: <laughs> it's called... Playing it safe, but it's really not safe because it's never going to be as good as the original thing. An original thing's always going to be better than a rehash.
0: I mean, what are they going to do? Get Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet to come back?
1: No, that would be is that fine be, with me. Is that going
0: to be <laughs> Eternal Sunshine?
1: Eternal Sadness. <laughs> Even though that's what this movie is. Which, I guess... That'd be a good
0: podcast name.
1: Eternal Sadness? That's awful! I would never listen. You know, Uh, I don't like sad. That, I guess, leads me to... I feel like this whole concept is just a metaphor for real life. And, like, the erasing memories thing, it's like... I feel like everyone would like to do it, but everyone knows it's not right. Because your experiences make you who you are today, and most people are like... I needed that suffering to become who I am now.
0: I wish there was a service that helped me remember better.
1: You're right. That's a lot more beneficial, probably, to, like, actual sufferers of Alzheimer's and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. This is brain damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Technically sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: on an emotional level, I feel like people would want to do it. I think... But everyone knows.
0: People relate to that feeling of wanting to forget.
1: Yeah. But...
0: In order to move I on. do
1: think... It's just a metaphor for time, because I feel like time does that. Right. In real life.
0: What? And in the movie, it kind of seems over time, maybe, they start to get more accustomed to each other.
1: I I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so? No. I mean, I just think, it's like, yeah, like, you just, like, it's crazy how he, like, hates her at first in the beginning of the movie, but... As soon as he starts reliving the memories of like the happy times, he's like, Oh, I'm still in love. I'm in love with her, you know? It's like, wouldn't everyone feel that way? And I guess in real life, do you just have to remember the good times?
0: No, I think you should remember all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you agree with them staying together? I do. Really? I do. But like, they're so incompatible.
0: But they seem to like each other. I mean, they're both nut cases in a way. Really?
1: I don't think Joel is, but maybe because I relate yeah. I don't want to call myself in that case. I
0: was going to lean towards Joel not being
1: one. Right. He. It's just so funny in the lake scene, he says... But Joel is
0: so lonely. He is. And he needs somebody to be bright and bubbly. And Clementine definitely needs somebody to, like, chill her out.
1: But she's so hard to chill out. I feel like yeah. it'd be hard.
0: Definitely wasn't... Patrick wasn't up to snuff for
1: it. (laughs) He's a man. It's just, I think it's funny when they go to the lake for the first, or no, the the second time, but at the beginning, when she has blue hair. They go Mm -hmm. to the lake. You Mm -hmm. know how they go to the lake twice? Mm -hmm. With Jim Carrey. He, she, she like runs out and falls or whatever, but he's like, so scary. (laughs) I was just like, that's literally what I would say. (laughs) Like, I say that so often.
0: He looks scared too.
1: Yeah, I'm just... I was like, he's just saying what I am thinking. Like, that's so scary. (laughs) That's such a me phrase. Yeah. So, I relate to him. But maybe he is crazy. I mean, his drawings. And that's something, like, Jim Carrey commented on in the bonus interview things. But he he said how he thinks that Clementine, like, someone brave and extroverted like Clementine lives inside of him. And it's shown through his drawings Mm -hmm. and his artwork. Because his artwork's very, like, different from him. Like, I wouldn't expect the artwork he... They show for him to be his.
0: Jim Carrey's? Yeah,
1: it's, like, kind of colorful mm-hmm. and, like, silly, yeah, you know?
0: it is. Yeah. A it's little poppy. N-
1: yeah, it's not, like, cynical and sad like he he is. He's, like, all cynical about his job. Clementine lives inside of him.
0: Clementine lives inside of me, too.
1: Well, you are Clementine. She lives inside of me, and Joel lives inside of you. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think that's, like, most of my points.
0: So, I... This is just one of those movies that I got to watch at a younger age. I didn't watch it when it came out because I was only about, like I guess, 12 or 13, but I ended up watching it as a teenager, and um, it's definitely one of the first movies that made me think a little bit deeper about films and what... Mm-hmm. films could be like
1: i agree me too yeah i mean it's just so unique that it's like it really trips you up because mm-hmm. it's not like most movies you see all the time that are just linear and a mm-hmm. story but it's like it really challenges your thoughts about life and love
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's that, those are like the yeah. deepest questions in life and structure right <laughs> on top of it all <laughs>
0: so what's the final grade
1: oh well obviously a plus
0: <laughs> well i guess that makes it two a pluses oh, from God. <laughs> from both of us
1: <laughs> yeah oh and i'm gonna recommend this music video that i just showed cameron by the same director michelle gondry Um, he it's like a 90s 90s trippy video and you can see a lot of like the weird visual tricks that he did an Eternal Sunshine, but just in a funkier way.
0: Yeah, um, and then also I wanted to say that... I'll get the, to the name in a sec. <laughs> the person who wrote the theme song, the theme song for Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, was Beck.
1: Oh, yeah. And the theme so, song.
0: Yeah, he he was like commissioned to write an original song for the movie. Oh. And it's what plays at the end. Right. When they're, uh, and it plays, I think, one time during the movie. Yeah. But it's a. Uh, I really like the song. It's... During, um, I believe that yeah, it weird. had come out right after Beck had just released an album called Sea Change. That's C with an S-E-A, and it was a very critically acclaimed album where he, he was just, I think a lot of audiences and critics, they appreciated him switching up his style to this more slow tempo, mm. low-key sound, and yeah, it worked really well for this film. So it's a great soundtrack. You have the chance where whatever, whatever you streaming service wherever you can stream it listen to it
1: yeah the music video is a song for a song called let forever be by the chemical brothers and it's a fun little music video if you're looking for something trippy to watch i realized we didn't talk about charlie kaufman at all
0: uh, yeah
1: he's great who's that the writer of eternal sunshine
0: oh that's right
1: Have you seen any other movies by him?
0: Yeah, actually, I've seen Adaptation.
1: Oh, I want to see that. Kind of.
0: So, I recommend at some point we do an episode on Adaptation.
1: That's, that's, wow. Adaptation's a great movie. I just, I feel like all his other movies are, like, Eternal Sunshine is the most relatable and accessible and likable, I think. I think the other things by Charlie Kaufman are a lot trippier and more depressing. Mm. Do you agree with that? I've seen one other, and it was definitely... Was it Sinatoque, New York? No. Synecdoche? (laughs) (laughs) No. It was Anomalisa. And it was a stop motion. So depressing. But, like, really good. Yeah. If you like depressing, oh my god, watch that movie. Because... and, And not, like, traumatizing depressing. Like, just life depressing.
0: And that's like. how adaptation is, too, really? in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm, I'm telling you, like, I feel like Eternal Sunshine is his most, like, easily liked, mm-hmm. the least depressing, if you can believe it, I guess. <laughs>
0: yes, I recommend that film. You know, I don't like much of Ca- Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> That is an exceptional movie. Good stuff. Cool.
1: Yeah, I I really... Anomaly Lisa is amazing, and it's amazing stop-motion technically, and it's a really cool, trippy concept. It's about this guy that every single person looks the same and sounds the same to him,
0: Mm. except
1: maybe someone.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: (laughs) And adaptation is just literally about writing a screenplay, right?
0: Basically yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Writing an adapted screenplay.
1: Right. It's, and, it's very like, I hate to say it, but say it.
0: It's very what? Meta. It is very meta.
1: <laughs> it's like the definition of meta. It. It
0: is. <laughs> it, is. it is. But. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's appropriate here. Mm-hmm. So, I, didn't, I didn't realize that the title of the movie is actually right. like a pun at the fact that it's an adaptation. It's meta. It's yeah, completely so meta.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Changes-wise to review, because it's kind of confusing. For older movies, it'll be more research and fun fact-heavy, because there's a lot more stuff out there. And then for newer movies, it'll be more about a review first, and then details. But that's what I was realizing with Lady Bird. There wasn't too much research, because it's mm-hmm. new. So that's why I think that works. Like More research on the old more review on the new. Cool. And next week we're gonna have a new movie for y'all. Yeah. But we'll make sure to review it before.
0: For sure. Well, we look forward to seeing you then. But until next time, have fun with your book club and we will see you next hear week.
1: You. We well, will hear you. Well, you'll hear us.
0: Oh gosh. I guess we won't see you. That's so depressing.
1: I know, sorry.
0: What this has been a depressing episode.
1: Yeah, it's fitting.
0: And Sashay away.